guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast. And today we're going to be getting into the whole born a criminal. Guys, this is going to be a lot of controversy, a lot of vocabulary development, a lot of things that we'll have to consider. Now, again, I brought on uh, author Yvette Rose onto my personal development podcast and she speaks a lot and very highly of epigenetics and how things of our past, what our ancestral, you know, how our ancestors have been through things that we never experienced, but when something of a less magnitude occurs in our life, it feels like we were completely violated at that time. You know, I think it's very interesting with how epigenetics works, but when it says uh, born a criminal, do I think it's inherited? Oh my God. No, no. Because there've been a lot of stories of people who were, you know, uh, sociopaths, psychopaths, the crazy people, you know, it, it just seemed like America made crazy people like, whoo, they made them like that. Like they just, whoo, they made them by the thousands of millions between the 1950s and the 1980s until finally we got social media and now we're able to track different people. But again, we still do have a, an immense amount of crazies um, out there that do just vile things to other individuals. But, you know, I can only speak from experience, people, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know, because th there was a kid, his mother was an immigrant. She was from Cuba, right? His name was Junior. I knew Junior was notorious for stealing just about everything. Where did he get these tendencies from? I don't know. Do you think he was born with those tendencies? Again, it's, it's kind of like with racism or ignorance or sexism or religionism or, or fanaticism, whatever it may be, where people completely, they, they disregard your beliefs because this is what they believe and that's the end of it. I just don't know how we could actually, you, you know, make that a formidable argument and say that, oh, everyone was born with this. Now, if you say, okay, America is going through racial discrimination, a lot of us in the world, we just shrug our shoulders and say, well, yeah, that's what America has been built on. You know, if we look back from the, you know, the transatlantic slave trade, going into the hangings and everything back in the 1800s and the 1900s, the civil rights movement, not only that, but the United States military, you know, killing probably upwards of 100 million lives throughout the 1900s worldwide. You know, I mean... But is that in their DNA? You know, again, a family tree, if you look at particular people in America who have a history of saying very disgusting things that attack other groups of people, you guys already know who I'm talking about. If we look at his family tree, there is an excellent chance that perhaps his grandparents were slave owners. Now, was he born to be a malicious character like that? I don't know. It's so hard to think about that. You know, going back to the Cuban mother, her son tried robbing my home while I was there. I remember there was a guy knocking on my door for probably about 10 to 15 minutes, didn't know who he was. I was scared to open the door because I never saw him before. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, someone's trying to kick down the door. So I had to run downstairs and scare, you know, scare the guy away. And guess who it was? It was the son of that Cuban mother. I pressed charges against him and he got put away for 15 years. Guys, that was the neighborhood I lived in 12 years ago. Welcome to Las Vegas. I'm not going to say America because America has a lot of beautiful neighborhoods, but I can only tell from my personal experience. I believe it's environment. 
I believe it's environmental. And I believe that parents do a very bad job. Guys, just recently, I came across this Netflix thing. America, they have a tendency of really making these disgusting Netflix series that make you feel so horrendous about your being and you lose faith in humanity in general. There was a young kid, I forgot his name, but there was something Fernandez. And he was beaten and he was tortured by his, uh, his mother and her boyfriend. I'm not going to get into details, but let's just say this was barbaric beyond belief. You know, the, yeah, he ended up unfortunately dying at the age of eight in 2013. And, you know, it's, it's so disheartening to know that that young individual had such a bright future, but because his mother was a chola, a chola means a Mexican gangster, and then her boyfriend, I mean, they were probably beyond psychotic. Um, Child Protective Services in America, of course, they do uh, about as poor as a job as the United States president at, the, at, at current, you know what I'm saying? Like with the whole handling of the damn virus, like there's just too many shoulder shrugs. At one point, the Child Protective Services, after seeing the skin peeling off the forehead of this individual, they said that that kid was lying. This was California, and California is notoriously known for child protective services not doing their job, foster agencies where they're supposed to put, you know, children into foster and group homes. They end up getting killed by the crazies that were, it's just, oh my God. Some people say, oh, but that's only 4%. No, you're America, right? And so were the parents born that way? Obviously, you already know that those two vile, we're talking insidious individuals, um, they probably had a history of being abused as a child. So again, you know, uh, environmental factors, getting, you know, steering away from that because that's just horrifying beyond belief. Uh, but, you know, focusing back on the Cuban lady with her son who tried robbing me, who was actually a friend that I had hung around with. I wouldn't say a friend friend, but he was like a friend of a friend you know, that I would, you know, see in the hallways of schools and he was always doing something bad. So was it the environment? You know, I could be the first one to say that, yeah, I was, I was, I still remember his name, Sergio Sergio in Spanish, Bastillos. I remember his mother and her boyfriend would always be tucked away in a bedroom when I used to go over there. I would never see his mother. Sergio had terrible tendencies. He used to hang around with these two individuals by the name of Juan and Papoy. They had a sister by the name of Tina, who had a brother named Eric, who robbed us seven years prior to what Junior was trying to do. I'm telling you guys, my childhood, and you know what's really funny? All of the people, you know what's really a, a huge coincidence? All the people who tried robbing us knew us because of my brother. So my mother's cell, my cell phone was stolen it was because of my brother's friend who, brought, who he brought over. Uh, you know, Eric, who tried, who robbed us, who ultimately ended up dying, and he ended up being killed. I don't know how, but he got killed probably within a year's time. Mm, guess whatever goes around comes around, huh? But, um, you know, who was it? Uh, my brother. He, My brother always had a connection with some of these nasty individuals who ended up robbing us. Why? Because, well, my brother, his environment was... I mean, this is why me and my brother don't talk anymore. Because if it's like comparing heaven to hell. Me, I'm an inspiring coach, trainer, mentor, speaker, writer, author, you name it. 
that's who I am. My goal is to touch as many lives as I possibly can. If you look at my brother, you would say, Arsenio, there's no way that that's your brother. No way. You're lying. You're lying. Because again, you would be like, huh? Oh my God, what happened? Yeah, it's simply because, you know, I did not become the product of my environment. I believe that environments and obviously, you know, your household is the determining factor in how you are raised and how you come up. There's no right or wrong way to be an a parent, but you know what? If you do abuse your parent, I mean, abuse your kids in any way, you, I can say all the most vile things for you on the planet. But again, we have to dig really deep into the situation and how that came. It's kind of like with racism too, right? You know, was someone born a racist? Is that possible? Well, they're just born into a perception, whether it's monolithic or what it's, whether it's broad and wide. You know, if you go to a town of 100 people in rural Oklahoma, more than likely they will look at you in a very disgusting way. Why? That's their environment. That's what they were born into. That's what they were born into. But you weren't born coming out the damn, you know, out the womb saying, yeah, I'm going to kill some people when I grow up. I think that's impossible. Over the time, over time, destructive environments, environments that are completely unsupportive, being abused, obviously, and surviving through that abuse and growing up and abusing other people. This is how there is a, a chain reaction for such a long time. So again, that's a long speech from me. You know, only you guys will be able to make a decision. But I got a very interesting listening here that you guys are going to be listening to. And what I'm, it, again, it's called, you know, Born a Criminal, and they're going to be going over all these other things. We're going to talk about it, discuss it. There are questions and there are headings to match with the paragraphs, which are located on my blog. So you make sure you go on over there. So in saying that, people, here is the listening. Born Criminal. If it wants to play it. Born Criminal. One. In his 1885 publication, Criminologia, Studio sul delitto, sulle sue cause e sui mezzi di repressione, Italian lawyer Raffaele Garofalo argued that scientific study was the only way to understand the criminal mind. He named this new field criminology, and in the 250 years since its inception, theorists have struggled to answer one fundamental question. Are we born criminal? Oh, come on. Don't do that already. You know what? To heck with it. Guys, I'm going to uh, read this out for you guys. This is going to be a very, very long reading, but hey, it's all good. You know, this speaker, in the, again, the MacBook, it's unbelievable that how they still haven't updated it. But here we go. All right, guys, it's time for my voice. Cesare Lombroso, often referred to as the father of criminology, rejected the classical belief that crime was a personality trait of human nature. Instead, he developed a theory of anthropological criminology, stating not only that criminality was inherited, but that criminals could be identified by a series of prominent physical defects, which confirmed their atavistic, what, whatever that goddamn means, and savage nature. So obviously that means something that uh, describes uh, an individual as doing something very nasty, such as, you know, the parents that abuse that, uh, that young child and the people who are being abused around the world. But nonetheless, let's keep going. In his most influential work, L'Uomo Delinquente, 
Lombroso argued that thieves could be identified by their expressive faces. <laughs> Sorry. I guess you guys love my reading. You guys probably love me reading it because of my reactions. But it is true. Out here in Thailand, if people wear those big magnifying glasses and they're over the age of 50, they fall into that pedophilia, unfortunately. I know it's crazy, but, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Manual dexterity and small wandering eyes. Ooh, I saw that in movies. While murderers had cold glass-like stares. Oh my God, that's so true. Bloodshot eyes. Oh my God, run away. And big hawk-like noses. <laughs> Guys, I can't take this. How am I going to be able to read through all Oh, yeah. man, when I thought about the big Hawkeye nose, I thought about a six-inch nose for some reason. Oh, my God, I got myself a hell of an imagination. Let's keep going. Female criminals tended to be shorter, more wrinkled, and had darker hair. I got the, I got the, the, the laughs, oh, God. And smaller skulls than normal women. <laughs> skulls, Jesus. This is terrible. I need to stop laughing. The notion that physical appearance was innately bound to a propensity toward criminality was furthered by William Sheldon in the Atlas of Men, 1954, in which he proposed a taxonomy for categorizing the human physique. Sheldon argued that humans could be categorized into three broad types, ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph, then scored within these categories to determine mental uh, characteristics. I just need to make sure I don't mess anything. Okay, here we go. Let's keep going. Those with the muscular physique and athletic appearance show greater criminal tendencies than tall, thinner people who he believed to be more intellectual. While superficially compelling, no evidence has been found to substantiate these theories, and they have since been widely discredited. Three, other early theorists laid the foundations for the most prominent school of thought in the 50s and 60s, quote, labeling theory, end quote, which hypothesizes that negative labels given to individuals by society actually promote deviant behavior. Oh, it's kind of like saying, oh, you're black. Oh, the origins of the theory can be traced back to Edwin M. Lemmert. So, ooh, I almost say sociology. Uh, sociology professor at the University of California. And social pathology, a systemic approach to the theory of sociopathic behavior, 1951, Lemmer introduced the concept of primary and secondary deviance. Primary deviance refers to an, an initial act that deviates from social norms say, getting caught for a minor traffic offense or taking stationary from work. Mm. Those, that, those that commit these acts are usually reprimanded and feel guilty enough to replicate them. However, some go on to commit further, repeated or more serious acts, secondary deviants, and are labeled as criminals. However, Becker further developed this notion in his 1963 publication, Outsiders, claiming that while society labels people as criminals to justify its condemnation, the deviants themselves use it to justify their criminal behavior. Mm -mm -mm. Essentially, they commit 
further criminal offenses because it's simply who they are. Terrible excuse. Critics of label and theory argue that while the label may encourage later criminal behavior, it fails to consider the influence of genetic or environmental factors that must have led to the initial crime. Ooh, very interesting. Paragraph four. Perhaps the most influential study is the Cambridge Study in Delinquent Development, 2013, which has been following the development of 411 males since 1961. Over the 50-year period that has elapsed since the start of the study, psychologists have interviewed the test subjects nine times, moving from a focus on their school attendance to employment and fatherhood. It was found that a significant number of delinquent youths had criminal fathers. Told you. Under 10% of children, non-offending fathers went on to become chronic offenders, whereas just under 40% of the offspring of criminal fathers went on to regularly offend. While this data and other studies like it strongly imply that criminal parents are likely to produce a criminal offspring, it remains unclear whether this intergenerational deviance is genetically determined or largely due to the environment in which we are raised. Interesting. Number five, here we go. Various studies have also found a correlation between intelligence and crime. I can't pronounce this word, guys, but I'll try. Mofit et al. found that men with a lower IQ went on to commit two or more crimes by the age of 20. Denno, 1994, also tested the intelligence of nearly 1,000 children at different points in their life and found a consistent negative correlation between IQ and criminal behavior. However, others, such as Menard and Morse, have claimed that the association is too weak to be considered statistically significant. Yet regardless of the extent to which intelligent affects propensity toward criminal behavior, it does appear to be a factor, which raises another question. Are we born intelligent and by extension, law abiding? Ooh. Researchers at the University of Queensland found that only up to a maximum of 40% of intelligence is inherited and the rest is determined by environmental factors. Boom, like I said. You know what, 40% of intelligence? Okay, okay, fair enough. If this is true, both nature and nurture have a role to play in the development of criminal tendencies. Paragraph six, one area of research that tests the hypothesis compares the behavior of identical monozygot, what the hell is that, a monozygotic? Yeah, it's gotta be monozygotic whatever the hell that means. Okay, monozygotic twins, those sharing an identical genetic makeup. Oh, okay, that's what that means. To that of fraternal diazotic twins who share on average 50% of the same genes. Mm. A literature review on studies into identical twins and criminal behavior found that 60% exhibited criminal behavior concurrently, whereas only one third of identical twins had similar, of non-identical twins had similarly related behavior. In the Minnesota Twin Family Study, researchers are currently comparing monozygotic and dizygotic twins 
who were both a refer oh, so who were both raised together with those separated at birth. See, the study has found remarkable similarities in those raised apart, strongly suggesting that genetics, not the upbringing, determines the behavior and personality. However, critics of the genetic connection argue that poor research method methodology and design have distorted the findings, leaving us with little conclusive guides. This is basically an article of, oh, this is a bunch of BS, we don't know anything. Last paragraph. So, are we born criminal? Arsenio says that this article has even made us even more confused. But while research strongly indicates a certain level of genetic predisposition toward criminality, it's clear that upbringing plays an integral role in the development of criminal tendencies. To blame our genes for criminal behavior willfully ignores a broader societal responsibility to ensure that the environment in which we're raised doesn't promote criminal behavior. Oh my God. Wait, let me say that one more time. To blame our genes for criminal behavior willfully ignores a broader societal responsibility to ensure that the government in which we're raised, I'm sorry, to ensure that the environment, I said the government, ah! <laughs> if that's the case, we're all criminals, in which we're raised, doesn't promote criminal behavior. Guys, let's just do some accountability here. What we can learn from this is I don't give a damn about genes. I don't give a damn about any of that. Okay, so what if my father, okay, now, oh, okay, can I be honest with you? My father, he is one of those people who I've talked about on a number of occasions throughout my podcast. Not so much anymore, because again, there's not much to say else. Uh, but, you know, he would do drugs. Uh, he neglected us. He didn't really care much about us from like 1995 to about 1998 when my mom finally had taken us back, thank God. Uh, but I didn't become that. However, my brother somewhat did. Now, my brother, I don't believe he does drugs. Now, he plays for the Las Vegas Golden Knights snare drum, the, uh, the band, okay? So he plays for a hockey team. So he should be making a lot of money. But you know what? It doesn't matter about money. It matters what, about what the person and the individual is. When I saw him and the way he was speaking on YouTube after doing this little solo in front of the Thomas and, Thomas and Mack Center, which is like a basketball arena out there in Las Vegas, and hearing his language, I'm like, oh, my God, OMG. You are the same. You are 34 years old, sounding like you are a 20-year-old gangster straight out of Compton. Boy, you need to get your stuff together. However, on the other hand, Arsenio felt that he had a bigger picture in life back in 2009. Not only 2009, but when I went off to college and met people from Trinidad and Grenada and Australia, Serbia, Montenegro, um, where else? Barbados. I met these people from all oh, Sudan, Zambia, Kenya. I met all these wonderful individuals from these countries. And when I came back, I just felt like I was a different person. I was never the same because I realized that I'm living in a very small world right now. Two years later, I went to Australia for the first time. I was never part of my family. My brother would always say, why are you going to Australia? I'm like, I'm going to Australia to see a new world. See, those are two different mindsets. Now, I'm not equating, I'm not like, I'm not telling, I'm not telling you guys that my brother is a criminal, but I'm just telling you from my perspective that we have two completely different minds and it feels like my brother is very similar to my father. Whereas if my father ever tried coming back into my life, I would say, uh, stay the hell away from me. 
if my father's family tried coming back into my life, which they have, which they have, you know, there's a woman by the name of Carolyn Conway. Uh, I have nothing against her. I only saw her when I was probably about six years old. She was a good woman. Uh, she even has pictures of my mother back from the 1980s. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that. But, you know, that side of the family and my, you know, my, uh, that lady saying, oh, yes, we still have contact with your father. I'm like, yeah, well, can you tell that son of a bitch, excuse my French, that he owes us about 50,000 US dollars, literally, because he didn't pay child support and he stole about $10,000 worth of my mom's income taxes. It didn't give a damn about us. Can you tell him that? See, I would never have a relationship with someone like that. Never. Money, words, nothing can heal that. I'm not angry at him. He was the exact person he needed to be for me to become the inspirational figure I am today. See, it's all based on perception. So, guys, with that being said, I hope you love this one, man. It was a long one, guys. There have been a very, very uh, crazy amount of long ones. But if you guys have any questions, please let me know. And again, make sure you do the exercises on my blog, thearsenealbuckshow.com. That being said, stay tuned for more. I'm your host, as always, over and out.